The 386th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with their Circus Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million are up for grabs. Get all the details at circusports.com. Hi, this is Jen Reynolds, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 386, going up to Graham Boylan, the uh, man, the main man who runs Cage Warriors. Sending it out to him because um, because of him, because of him running an event this week, we get to talk about Cage Warriors today instead of breaking down Bellator versus Ryzen. So there you go. Uh, thanks for coming to the show. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. As I mentioned, Cage Warriors is the topic today. I assumed it was going to be Bellator versus Ryzen, but my uh, wise co-host uh, illustrated to me why that wouldn't be a good, <laughs> good idea, uh, other than him hating Bellator. So let's bring him in and he can explain why we're not doing that event. It's one and only Daniel Gumby Breland. Hello. So so first of all, I do hate Bellator. Uh, no, no, no hiding my hatred for Bellator. Um, I do actually hate Bellator. And then secondly, th- that whole card is like, I think I saw two fights on that card where I was like, oh, those odds are something we could talk about, right? Like, if, if you look top to bottom on that fight card, I think totally the only two fights I saw that were like, oh, that's kind of a close line was Danny Sabatello versus Magomed Magomed Karamov. Um, and uh, Korshkov Korsh- uh, versus Larkin. And apart from that, it's like negative 800, negative 550, negative 275. Like negative 550 again, negative 450. Um, it, it's just like th- there's nothing interesting to say about that card. And that's like kind of always been my knock on Bellator, right? It's just like if, if there was something interesting to talk about there, I'd talk about it. But there's just it doesn't seem like there is. So um, this Cage Warriors card, maybe not better in terms of skill level. Uh, in fact, I know it's not better in terms of skill level. But one thing I will tell you is uh there's some lines here you could make some money on so although do you have lines i didn't i forgot to ask. uh no don't have okay. lines so we're gonna have to do the guessing game even better um, i prefer that yeah all right for bellator is there picks that you you said there's a few lines you like uh, do you want to throw some out for people quick ones saying all right play that line i mean like i you know i mentioned that sabatello fight i, I might be in on sabatello I, i'll have to think about that one a little bit more um but I, i've always kind of liked him I think I'd stay away from that Korshikov versus Larkin fight. I mean, like if Izawa's line comes down at all from her negative 800, I'd throw her in a parlay, but it's probably not going to come down from that. I think AJ McKee's going to win, but he'll be negative 325 by the time this hits your guys' ears. So like, I, yeah, I don't know. Diache Abe might be a sleeper pick. Um, and, and always like, I guess if you're looking for a lottery ticket that you want to follow, Oki Kobu always like brings it. Like, so if he beats Juan Archuleta, I wouldn't be shocked at plus 300. But again, uh, nothing that I'm like rushing to the ticket window for. Okay. How about this past weekend? How how did your picks play out? It looked like uh, we were doing pretty good. At one oh, point, we, right? we, we absolutely smoked it. Uh, so once again, uh, last week we did picks for CFFC, Cage Warriors, and LFA. Um, Overall, we wound up going, uh, sadly, just four and three, which sounds terrible. Uh, but give yeah. me just a second to hit the totals button here. Uh, that put us up 275 bucks on $100 bets for all of them. Fantastic. Uh, 
because three of the wins were underdogs. Two of them, uh, the CFFC picks that I gave you guys, you would have had to get to the ticket window right when I mentioned it uh, on the, well, I mentioned it on the podcast and then uh, I mentioned it in the discord when the lines came out right away. Cause Robert Watley and bad Masarian Dorziev, they were both listed as large underdogs to start plus 165 plus 155. By the time it rolled around fight time, both of them were sizable favorites. Um, but luckily me and some of the other folks in the discord, like turnip got in on those boys early um, and they cashed big for us. Um, James Webb did not hit for me on cage warriors, but both my other picks, um, the French Solomon Renfro hit and Madras Flaminius, uh, hit big. I lost both of the, the LFA ones, but I actually feel okay about the Elijah Johns one because he was in an arm triangle, didn't tap out, uh, looked like he was going to make it to the end of the round and the ref just decided it was over. Um, and Johnny Hopper missed weight. Um, which actually made me in terms of like real money, just pull off of them. I was like, I, I don't know, even if I trust him at plus 240, uh, having missed weight going into this fight with Will Stark. So um, overall, good night for me personally. Good night for the picks on the podcast. Um, if you're looking for our year long numbers on regional MMA, uh, my year long numbers on regional MMA, 112 wins, 60 losses. Uh, so pretty, pretty nice disparity there. And if you bet a hundred dollars on every single one of those fights, uh, you'd be up $2,142. That's um, why I'm wear- wearing a shirt that says, uh, that refers to the Gumby God currently. So there yes. You uh, and, and I went back and looked through my spreadsheet cause I have, uh, like a sortable spreadsheet on this one. Um, of those 112 regional wins, 28 of them have been underdogs and five of them wow. have been 300 or better underdogs. So uh, you're listening to the right show if you like regional MMA. Now, is for for these lines, is it, as you were referring to a little bit earlier, are these guys you have to get in on, on early in regional? Do you have to get on, get jump on lines quick um, to get these good underdog values? Or or do, do these guys usually uh, stick around underdogs until fight night? Not always. I would say on like the LFAs and the CFFCs, if you have a line that you like on a guy right away, jump on it. The cage warriors ones, I feel like don't move. Uh, I mean, they move, okay. but not, not like most regional MMA. Um, like, uh, like Flaminas. I, I had Madras Flaminas, uh, to beat Daniel Skibisky in that, uh, that fight. Uh, when we taped the podcast, he was plus plus one fifty by fight time. I, I think you could find him at like plus plus one twenty, plus one twenty five. So if you waited, you lost a little value there, but he didn't like, flip-flop whereas like bad mazarian dorziev started at plus 155 he closed at like negative 175 so like a complete swing in the opposite direction um so like you see that sometimes on cffc and lfa but I'll also say like you have the benefit of too when the line comes out uh if you got your eyes on the line the line comes out just wait a second if you don't like it uh, it, it pr- it's probably going to move. And if it moves, you know, terribly in the opposite of direction you were hoping for, well, then it's just a spot you stay away from. Uh, and if it moves in the direction you want, like, you know, all the better. Um, so yeah, uh, I think, you know, getting a good look at the early lines is always important. Keep your eyes on those books that post them early. Like, uh, I know bet online is one we talk about in the discord all the time. It's one of those ones. Just keep an eye on bet online. They've always got those lines early. There you go. A little regional MMA knowledge for you. We're going to give you actually some solid picks, hopefully uh, based off of off of that knowledge. In one second, first I have to tell you about Circa. 
Sports, Circuit Millions and Circuit Survivor are back. 14 million guaranteed prizes are up for grabs. Circuit Millions, you pick five NFL picks against the spread each week. And Circuit Survivor, you just pick a different money line winner each week. You enter in Vegas and you can play it from anywhere you like. Sports Gambling Podcast will be out at in Vegas at Circa the last weekend in August. CircuitSports.com for all the details. C-I-R-C-A-S-P-O-R-T-S.com. Get, win the 14 million, get yourself a ticket to UFC Boston or or another UFC event if you like. Um, get the ball rolling, pick the Cowboys in week one, says Gumby. All right, we are moving to Rome, Italy. Um, not really, we're not really moving there. It would, would be nice, but we're we're uh, going there for our picks here. Cage Warriors 158. Hague, is it or is it Hagee? Or is it Haku? I think it's Hague. Like, Hague. like, like Hague. Tim Hague. Tim Haig versus no, it's not Tim Haig. It's Haig versus Martinoni, and it is Cage Wars 158. As I said, Fiera Roma is the venue in Rome, Italy. Ever been to Fiera Roma, Dan? I have not. I've been to a lot of places All in right. Europe, but not not to Italy. Okay, we are starting off. Well, we're going to go there right now. We're going to start off with a bantamweight fights, Gianluca Scatoli versus Sam Kelly. A lot of Italian names on this card. No surprise there. Uh, I'll tell you about Kelly first. The mighty mole, or is it mole? I think yeah, it'd be funnier if it it'd be funnier <laughs> if it was M- mole sauce. <laughs> yes, the mighty mole sauce. A five and one, two knockouts, three submissions. So he's finished all of his uh, wins. He's never been finished himself. So he's got one decision loss. Two and zero oh in cage warriors. He's won three straight fights. Used to fight at featherweight. Scatoli, eight and three, two knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted twice. This is his cage warriors debut. He's won three straight fights. Before that, he lost three straight fights. He used to fight at featherweight as well. And he has a 2011 pro MMA debut. No lines on this one. So it's all up to Gumby. So let's let's start by, by talking lines here. I think Kelly's going to be a sizable favorite. He's probably going to come in here right around negative 225. Um, and, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm going to take Kelly as well. Um, Scatoli is, if you watch him fight, he, he's got really good low leg kicks. Like they're, they're snappy. It's probably the best thing he does, but there's two big issues with him. Otherwise is number one, his hands stay really far away from his face and not in a way where he's like a karate style striker or a Muay Thai. Well, I guess Muay Thai is a little bit up and in, but like they're, they're off of their face too. It's neither of those. It's like he's a boxer who doesn't put his hands close enough to his face. Um, and that to me is is troublesome because he gets hit on the return a lot. And also between his hands being away from his face and the amount of low leg kicks he throws, he's really easy to take down. Um, he gets taken down a lot and he really has a bad time getting up. He's not particularly good there. Kelly, on the other hand, like I, I think he's not a particularly strong striker in terms of like like, I don't think he's going to knock out Scatoli here, even though Scatoli is not necessarily, like, the best defensively. But I think the thing that Kelly does really well is he moves his head uh, and he keeps it off the center line. When he fought Jack Eglin, he didn't get Eglin down very much, but he did win a lot of scrambles with Jack Eglin. And as we've seen with Eglin, like, he's a pretty decent prospect in his own right. So the fact that he did well in the grappling exchanges there is good. Um, he brawls a little bit, which I think might actually work well against Scatoli. Um, but even if it doesn't, I think he's going to win clinch exchanges and grappling exchanges. So I, I think he's, like I said, negative 220 favorite here. I think that number is probably fine to play as, as far as fights on this card. Um, I, you know, I, I think I'd play negative 225. If it comes into the 100s, I'd definitely play it. Um, so yeah, give me Kelly. 
All right. You had said about minus 225 is what you your I think line was? I, I, I okay. think so. That That's my guess, yeah. All right. We're going to move up to lightweights. Michael Pagani. No, I'm losing my page here. Actually, we're not moving. Yeah, we are moving up. Michael Pagani or Pajani probably. Pa- uh, versus- Pagani, yeah. Payani uh, uh, versus James Power. Three five-minute rounds. Power, 5-0 and oh with five knockouts. 2-0 and oh in Cage Warriors. Used to fight at Welterweight. That's all I got for him, sadly. Sniper, Payani. We're going to call him Payani. 6-0 and oh with one no contest. Five knockouts. This is his Cage Warriors debut. He's won four straight fights. Three straight via finish. And he used to fight at Welterweight as well. No gummy gets to talk for a while. Yeah, so Payani um, is going to be a slight favorite here. I'm going to say ever so slight. Probably negative 135. Um, I bet the public likes him too, being that this fight is in Italy and he's the Italian. So if he does post at negative 135, give it a second. He might actually go up a little bit more. Um, But I bet you he starts right around negative 135. You're going to get plus 115 on the return for power. Uh, And I'm going to take power here. Uh, And the reason being... I think power is going to be faded because if you've seen some of his fights, the thing that scares people off, I think the most about his style and what he does, despite the fact that he's five and oh, is he, he, he seems like he's got a lot of issues with his takedown defense. Uh, it just doesn't seem there sometimes. Um, I don't know if there's no urgency getting up or if he just like doesn't have the technique to get up sometimes, but sometimes it takes him a while to get you know, his ass in gear when it comes to standing back up. But with that being said, he's a very bouncy karate style striker. He's got really quick hands. His hands move super fast. He mixes and kicks enough so that like they're a weapon too. And then in his last fight, was his last fight or second to last fight? One of the ones I was watching for his breakdown, he just like, after the guy who was grappling him was trying to grapple him, he was exhausted after a little bit because he's strong and he eventually got back up. The guy he was fighting got tired, and my goodness, when he lets his hands go, it's ferocious. He started landing these uppercuts. He was bloodying him up, and the guy actually just didn't come out for round two he, or round three. He was just like, nah, that's good enough for me. I'm done, um, and Powers got the ability to do that, and the thing about Pagani is he also has good combinations when he throws them. Doesn't always throw them, but when he throws them, he's kind of got good combinations, his defensive striking is not great, and I don't trust him to grapple for more than a couple minutes because he tires. So he's just kind of like profiles as the type of guy that power is going to tire out and beat. So I, I would really expect a second or a third round knockout here for power. Ooh, there you go. Um, all right. Hopefully an underdog, too, for us. Let's move back down to Bantamweights. Emmanuel Zakaria versus Sylvester Miller. Three five-minute rounds. Miller is 10 and six with six submissions. He's been knocked out three times. Oh, one in cage wears. He's lost two straight fights, and he's only won one of his last four. Uh, did get TKO'd in his last fight. He's not won since July of 2021. Used to fight up at featherweight, and he's also a pro boxer, or was. Sakaria, thug, is the nickname. Five and <laughs> one, one knockout, four submissions, and he's been knocked out once, so he's never gone the distance. Two and oh in cage wears. He's won three straight fights, the last two via finish. He's not lost since December of 2017. Is a pro grappler and two inches taller than Miller. So first of all, I think this is going to be one of the worst striking fights anybody's ever watched. Um, mm, fun. Yeah, Zakaria, really, really, really bad on the feet. Uh, Miller, he, he throws like somewhere in between uh, Trevor Peak, Hammerfist, and a Rock'em Sock'em robot. It just it, it sounds it's fun like though. He, yeah, it, sounds, it looks like he's swinging lunchboxes at you sometimes. 
Um, and, and I don't, I don't know necessarily that it's uh it's a good thing. Like it is sometimes with Trevor peak. He's really bad at throwing. Uh, and the reason both of them are not good at throwing is because both of them want a grappling match more than anything in the world. Uh, Zakaria, when he got in the clinch in his last fight, he jumped guard. The guy did not go to the mat with him. So he just kept climbing up until he was damn near in a triangle on the guy. Um, so he's a very fun grappler. He's got heel hooks, all kinds of good finishes with his his grappling. Miller is a grappler, but in completely opposite sense of the word. He's like a absolute, like, bull in a china shot grinder against the cage. Um, he just wants to, like, grind you out, get you up against the cage, dump you if he can, uh, stick his head on your head. But also, like, he's susceptible to being countered. So he did that in his last fight, and he almost wound up in an inverted triangle, or a rear mount triangle, rather. Um, and so, like, I, I it's... To me, I would imagine that this comes in as a pick because they're both so bad at striking. But I will also say this. Wouldn't it shock me if they put Miller in as like a massive favorite just because he's like stronger and doesn't rely on the other guy to start the grappling? Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to officially say pick him here. But it wouldn't shock me if Miller was a huge favorite. And if he's not, wait, Zakaria will move up. And Zakaria is my pick here because I think Miller is going to bring a grappling game because he doesn't have much else. And I think he's so much worse at jujitsu that he's just going to get armbarred or, or triangle choked or guillotined uh, from Zakaria because Zakaria is so crafty on the mat. So uh, I believe this is my first Italian that I'm actually taking uh, in Italy. Yeah, I went 0-2 on the first two Italians. I'll take this one. Uh, so, I'll, yeah, I'll take Zakaria, especially if you can get him at plus money. Fantastic. And I forgot to tell you when this is happening. This is a Saturday event. Uh, so next Saturday, 11 a 1130 AM. So you can get your cage warriors fixed in before the UFC kicks off that evening. So fantastic. We also love underdog fantasy. We're brought to you by underdog fantasy. Best ball mania four is here. Underdog fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog pick is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, we're already up to the co-main event by my math. Gianluco Rocca versus Guido Posadente. You're going to have to pick a, another Italian here, Dan, unless you're going to yeah, can't, make, can't this, avoid make it. this one a draw. <laughs> uh, three five-minute rounds, uh, 155. Posadente, 3-0 with two knockouts. This is his Cage Warriors debut. Used to fight at welterweight. That's all I got on the man. Rosa, Django is the nickname, 7-3 and three with five knockouts. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. This is also his Cage Warriors debut. He's only won one of his last four fights, but he did win his last fight via knockout. And he also is a pro grappler. Go ahead. So I think Posadente is going to be a huge favorite here. Um, Like I'm saying, negative 350. And I will tell you this. I'm going to pick him. But if he comes in anywhere near that number, ignore it. Just that this becomes a pass fight or a dog or, or pass fight. I wouldn't bet Paul Sedente until he gets close to negative 200 or hits negative 200. If he's there, sure, play him. Interesting. Uh, but if he's the biggest, as big of a number as I think he's going to be here, which is like negative 350, just this is a, this is a dog or a pass spot at that number. The, the reason why I like him is because he is really heavy on his legs. 
Uh, he, he like sits down on his punches. He throws big. Um, he kind of stays in position to get hit too much. He's pretty good at wrestling, which I like. And with Roca, he he does an excellent job of getting into range, but sometimes then just like measures his punches too long. Um, like he'll he'll throw a couple of jabs and be in range. And then there's this like long hesitation before he throws his two. Um, and that for me is a little bit problematic. He also, it sometimes when he throws his combinations, his, he leans forward so much that his feet just are underneath him. It's like, he's, it's like, he's almost trying to throw a Superman punch, but hasn't committed to throwing a Superman punch. And for me, that seems cherry picked to wrestle, but also like, I'm a little bit worried because Pasadente, first of all, is so hittable that maybe this like weird way of striking will give him a whole bunch of trouble. And also like if Pasadente does stay heavy on his legs, maybe he'll just like he'll he'll eat leg kicks or or he'll he'll be easier to hit for Roca. So I, I think Pasadente is going to win easily here. But I don't like him, like I said, at those big exorbitant numbers. So if you get him down next to negative 200, yeah, sign me up for Pasadente. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, this is a, a pass spot for me. This is a parlay buster kind of guy. All right. We don't like those. Uh, main event time. It's for some gold. Cage Warriors, Flyweight Championship, Championship, Shaja Jewel, Haig is the champion versus Michelle Martignoni. And his five five minute rounds at featherweight. Martig Noni, the Italian Thunder, is eight and one, two knockouts, three submissions. He's been submitted one time. That's his only loss. Three and one in cage wars. He's won two straight fights and gone seven one and one over his last nine. He's not lost since March of twenty twenty one. He is a cage wars bantamweight champion. So this is a champ versus champ fight. Uh, he's also a regional champion or was one zero in Bellator as well. Six years younger than Hag and four inches taller. Hag Superman. Hag, 15 and 5 with five knockouts. He's been knocked out himself once. 7 2 in Cage Wars, and he is the flyweight champion. He's won five straight fights in six of seven. He's not lost since September of 2020. Multiple region championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirts, sportsgamingpocket.com slash store. And he made a 2012 pro MMA debut. So, champ versus champ, who you got here? So, I, I think this is probably going to be pretty close to a pick em. I think the books will probably lean ever so slightly in Hake's manner uh, because he's the champ of flyweight. I'll say like negative 125. Uh, and then like maybe you'll get, especially because the regional lines usually have a little bit wider of a, a vig there. You're, you're probably going to see like negative 105 of Martignoni or, or an even money line on Martignoni. Um, I, I'm going to go with Hake. And here's why. Like he's really lanky. But he's like a little bit clumsy on the feet. I watched a couple of his fights and I was like, what the hell is he doing? Uh, it, it, like his striking looks clueless. And then the more and more I watch it, I wonder if like the clumsiness and the awkwardness of his striking, is it actually a plan? Like, because it happens so frequent and like it's effective at times. It's almost like, here, here's a good analogy. He's kind of like a discount Dominic Cruz. He's a dollar store Dominic Cruz in that he's like long, and like his striking's weird and shouldn't work, but it does. Uh, and and like there's something to be said with that. And and like Cruz, to to further the comparison of my dollar store Cruz here, uh, he's like a dog on a bone when he's wrestling. Like if he doesn't get the first attempt, he switches to the single. He switches back to the double. He runs the pipe. He does all the things he's supposed to do, and he often gets a takedown. 
um, when he shoots for it. So I, I, I think that those things play well, especially against Martignoni, who he might be a little bit faster when he's striking, but he's very predictable, like in the exact opposite sense of Hake being like this, like hard to track guy who nobody can figure out like jab, jab, punch, jab, jab, punch, jab, low kick. You know, like it, it's just like all of his striking is like out of a, a Bass Root instructional video. Uh, and when he was fighting Dominique Wooding for the, the Bantamweight title, he was getting beat up on the feet. He was getting a beat up really bad in that fight. Uh, didn't look like he had anything that could give Wooding trouble. And then Wooding was just tired. Uh, and as soon as Wooding was tired, Martin Yoni took over and, and wound up winning the fight. So I think Hake has got a better gas tank than that. And in addition to, I don't know what kind of pace Martignoni could t- push down a weight class. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going to take Hake and his weird ass striking. Um, and with the idea that I think he can wrestle without getting tired. So, uh, it, it, especially if that's a low, if it's a low negative 100 number, I'm digging it. Um, I don't think he's going to move into being an underdog or an underdog in less, unless that money in on the Italians comes in hard. Um, and I'm fading a lot of Italians. So if, if you guys notice that trend when the, the lines post and all of a sudden all the money is coming in on the Italians, take a second and fade some Italians. <laughs> <laughs> take a second and fade some Italians. Perfect way to end it. All right. Let's uh, recap. Uh, Hag, he's got, hopefully as a slight favorite at best. Uh, Paul Sedente probably as, as a big favorite. Uh, Pickham in Zachariah, uh, a, Hopefully, an underdog in power and a probably a pretty big favorite in Kelly, right? That's correct. All right. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. We can be found at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord in the Fights channel on Twitter, SGPN MMA, and Gumby Vreeland and Jeff Fox Writer. Uh, sign up for my newsletter. Get my MMA writing in your inbox and enter my pick'em weekly pick'em contest money mma.substack.com listen to more gumby and less of me no of me actually at the top turtle mma podcast get all your sports gambling needs fulfilled at sports gambling podcast.com uh we will we'll be back wednesday with our ufc breakdown for the weekend gumby take us out of here uh i'm david gumby freeland he's the mighty mole sauce jeff fox and we will see you on wednesday